Hello, homeschool friends, and welcome to the Homeschool High School Podcast, brought to you by SevenSistersHomeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Um, we are, oh, I'm Kim. You are. I am, and I'm here with Vicki, and we are absolutely thrilled and delighted to yes. tell you that we have a special guest today. Um, we have our dear friend Kendra Fletcher with us today. Hi, Kendra. Hey, so How great to be you? here. Really good. I, Thank you. I would love to tell a story about Kendra. Uh-oh. Oh, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So long time ago, we were at the two to one conference <clears throat> and I saw Kendra talk there one time. And I think it was that same conference that um, she and Fletch recorded a live podcast episode of homeschooling in real life and uh, and did it right there. So I sat and watched them in their workshop. And uh, so as I watched them, I thought, there's no way we could ever do anything like that. But um, Felice Gerwitz, who started the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network, was there. And she came up to me afterwards and said she needed a high school podcast. And uh, so we, we decided, we prayed and we did it. And the first people to be nice to us on the network you know, went out of their way to be nice to us and um, invited us on their podcast were Fletch and Kendra. And they have, we've run into them when they're speaking here at Sandy Cove in Mm -hmm. Maryland. And they always make time to say hi and spend time with us if we ask for it and listen and are such gracious non-legalistic mm-hmm. for giving people. So anyway, I, uh, <laughs> I just, you know, if, if somebody doesn't know Kendra, um, they're, they're missing out. And I'm glad that she had time to spend time with us here today. Oh, well, yeah. There's Amen. a lot of mutual admiration. So <laughs> right back at you. Yeah. yeah, when I think of Kendra, I just think of warm. That's, yeah, that's, just what comes yeah. To my mind. yeah. yeah. Aww, that's very sweet. My children might tell you something different, but yeah, as, as, <laughs> as, as all of as, ours, as with ours, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so, Kendra, in case somebody is not really familiar, could you tell us about what you are doing these days and a little bit about your family? Sure, you bet. So, we actually have eight children, which I know is not unusual in the homeschool world. Uh-huh. <laughs> Probably the only place where people don't bug-eyed respond to me like, what? (laughs) So, um, yeah, so we have eight kids, and they range in age from 26 down to, um, oh, I have a brand-new 11-year-old on Sunday. Um, And so, yeah, he's going to be 11 on Cinco de Mayo. Um, I know. It's it's a really great excuse to eat tacos. So, (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, and so we, we began homeschooling when our oldest was four years old, and I'm telling you what, we this was not in the plan. This is not what, <laughs> what I ever yeah. thought I would want to do. And I said, oh, you know, he's just kind of this precocious kid, and he was already reading, and I'm thinking, oh, this is not going to be good in a kindergarten classroom. So, you know, maybe we'll just, I'll just homeschool him this, this pre-K year, you know, oh, I'll just homeschool him his kindergarten year. Oh, we'll just do first grade. (laughs) And of course he graduated from our homeschool. (laughs) And, uh, you know, merrily we, we rolled along and this year our um, fifth child is graduating from high school this month. Um, And then she's the third of See, we, we uh, graduated our first two just, you know, from our private homeschool, and then we enrolled the next three um, as they hit high school into a hybrid. 
We have a a really great hybrid here. Um, And so that allowed them to play some sports, the ones that wanted to do that. And, um, you know, just have some different opportunities. We actually chose it because our our, uh, fourth child, who was a a daughter, was super sciencey. And I am so not (laughs) sciencey. And I just felt like I was going to just, you know, deny her such great science opportunities with, with teachers who love science. (laughs) So so I put her into that and, um, lo and behold, she's finishing her sophomore year as a biology major, uh, at Vanguard university. So there you go. That's, (laughs) that, that plan panned out really well for her. Um, but you know, just, just an example of, of doing things in different ways. And now our seventh child is uh, finishing up his sixth grade year. And I'm not sure the hybrid's going to be the best situation for him. So we're rethinking it all over again. And um, high school might look very different for him as well, probably going back to, to just, you know, homeschooling him privately yeah. again. So, you know, I, that is, as we all know, the beauty of homeschooling. Um, and we just, we have that freedom to choose what's the best situation. So that's definitely been our story. Um, and then uh, along the line there, right after our eighth child was born, when he was seven weeks old, he, he caught a deadly virus and it, um, threw him into a coma and, and actually left some brain damage with him. So he's turning 11 on Sunday, but he's actually about six developmentally. Um, so that's our mighty Joe. And, and then six months after that, I ran over our, um, our five-year-old at the time with our big 12 passenger van, um, in our driveway, she jumped out of the van and I was parking the car and didn't know it. So we went through that horrible, horrible situation. Um, and, and even got to the ER with her and, and had CPS called, uh, because apparently somebody thought, you know, that couldn't have been an accident, I guess. I don't know. We still don't know to this day, you know, what, what, or if that was maybe even an automatic CPS call. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. but we went through that horrible nightmare, uh, of that whole situation. Um, and then a year later found our eight year old in septic shock one morning. Uh, we had all been sick with the flu and she, she had a ruptured appendix that <laughs> hid underneath all of us being sick and all of us throwing up and all of us, you know, having hurt tummies. So, so we weathered that for the next three weeks in the ICU um, with multiple surgeries. And so it was a, a pocket of time in our lives when we still had all eight kids at home. I think our oldest was probably 15 at the time. And, um, you know, you don't go through something like that without it just totally upending your lives in some way. Um, and, yeah. and God did that work in our hearts. And we had been so, um, boy, we had it all figured out. I mean, we just had our list of everything that was going to turn out fabulous children yes. who loved Jesus. Yes, <laughs> and, definitely. you know, God just said, Hey, I'm going to pull the rug out from underneath you and remind you who's really <laughs> in control uh-huh. here. So that, that is our story, um, in a, in a tiny little nutshell, but, um, but, you know, praise God, it, it showed us where we were being, adherence to a lot of different methods and, um, ideologies and things that we thought were, re- were really going to be our savior. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that reminds me of when I was a young homeschool mom, it was my idea that if I did everything right, took my kids to church, you know, raised them <laughs> in the nurture and admonition of the Lord and homeschooled them exactly the way I was supposed to do then life would be perfect, just like a fairy tale, because they always live happily ever after. Right. And 
it's not so easy. It doesn't <laughs> go that way. Like we can't command the outcome. Cannot. It's shocking A-plus. when your when your first child gets to that tween age kind of, and they suddenly have all kinds of opinions. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't necessarily represent yours. No, not at all. Yeah, not at all. So I think, you know, we all kind of hit that. Even if you have that quote unquote perfect child for your firstborn, if you have more than one, you recognize pretty quickly like, oh, hmm, this is a child. <laughs> this is a human being with a completely autonomous soul and mind. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, it's developmentally appropriate yeah. for them to ask questions and make their thinking and their faith and their education their own. Only, boy, is it painful to go through. And it's so easy to say, no, listen to me, that I am I'm your mom <laughs> and you do and believe what I tell you to do in the way I tell you. So one of the things I appreciated about Kendra's latest book is called Leaving Legalism Mm -hmm. is the story of how her family kind of came to grips with that. Right. Mm -hmm. So, Kendra, kind of talk about that book a little bit and let's let's segue into how we can apply raising, you know, those ideas of leaving legalism to raising teens without you know, brainwashing them into a legalistic mindset? Yeah, well, I think really the starting point is defining what, what I mean by legal, legal, or sorry, what I mean by legalism. Um, and, and a lot of people will say that to me. In fact, I had a, a little interaction with somebody this week who, who said, you know, I, I'm just so weary of the, the constant conversation that I'm being a legalist when really mm. God does have these standards and these rules for us to live by. And I said, okay, well, let's go back and define legalism because if you are mm-hmm. feeling attacked in that, um, maybe, maybe your definition is not what people are coming at, you know? And so mm-hmm. we, so really, if we start with this idea that the truth of the matter is that every single one of us is a legalist, whether we know it or not, we could say we have all the freedom in Jesus. We have all the freedom in Christ. We were never part of a legalistic community. We never bought into any kind of, um, um, you know, methodology, or we never said, we never followed somebody who said, these are the rules and these are the standards for our community. And that would be correct. You could say, I, I would never was a legalist, but the, the reality is that, because we are born in sin and because our humanity then pushes us toward loving law <laughs> you know, and wanting mm-hmm. somebody to define yeah. the rules of behavior to us, we all do this. And, mm-hmm. and that's really my starting point is to say, anytime we put our hope in something that isn't the gospel of Jesus Christ, just the simple gospel that tells us that he died for us. He paid it all. He took all of our sin upon himself. He's not mad at us when we fail. He expects us to do that. And furthermore, because we're redeemed, God sees our failures, but he sees it covered in Christ. Mm-hmm. That's the, that is the gospel. And if we at any time say, oh gosh, if only this, usually that's what it starts with. If only, if only, you know, if only we could homeschool classically, if only I could get my kids in classical conversations, if only, you know, I mean, it's, and I, I'm not, not at all, you know, 
bagging on any one thing, but we just do, this is the way our hearts work. If only we could go to that church. If only my husband would go to marriage counseling. If only, (laughs) you know, like the list is endless because this is just how we are as humans. Um, And, you know, every single day, I, I wake up and I find that I'm shifting my hope <laughs> to something. Mm-hmm. And I think, wow, I'm not beyond this. Like I yeah. still, uh, I've been a believer since I was, I can't even, I don't even know, you know, I was raised in a Christian home and I just have always wanted to follow God and I'm almost 50 and I still do this. <laughs> like, yeah. There's no, yeah. I think we just have to always come back to the gospel and always remind ourselves that while God gives us really great tools like homeschooling, they are tools. They are gifts. They are not our hope. Ultimately, always God is our hope. Amen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of mic drop right there on that. Really? Yeah. yeah, Right. We could stop there, except we don't want to. So we'll keep going. (laughs) Kendra, can you think of ways as you were raising your kids, because you had enough of them that you had a lot of different ways to experiment, any ways where you noticed you could you could catch yourself sliding into that legalistic mindset? And then, you know, God showed you ways to look at it in a different way. Oh, that's a great question. So let me think. I, I would say there were some precepts um, or some preferences that we chose um, because, you know, the bottom line, we tell our older kids this all the time when we're having this conversation. And, and I'll talk a little bit about that later. We can talk about kind of like, what do you do <laughs> when you recognize that you've been doing this? And then, you know, you've got these kids who are high school or, or older and, you know, maybe I, I know a lot of times the response from an older child is like, well, I'm out of here. Like <laughs> I'm done with this, yeah. you know? Um, but I, I could, I could say that truly our heart's intent was to please God. So there was mm-hmm. no, you know, there was no like evil, um, yeah. you know, we weren't trying to keep our kids down under our thumb because we were cruel. We, we just really thought if we did these things, um, it, and I, I hesitate always to see what they are because, you know, it, yeah. it's just so raw with, for some people or, or some people are there and that's a conviction in their heart. But you know, there were just some very practical choices we made in our lifestyle and homeschooling being one of them. So homeschooling that started out as this choice we made because we had this very bright four-year-old who I thought, you know, was just going to be bored in kindergarten and that would be a recipe for disaster. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it started out with me saying, I could probably take this on. Let's see, I was educated by the public school system from kindergarten to 12th grade. And then I went on to get a bachelor's degree. Surely I could teach kindergarten (laughs) to my four-year-old, you know? And so that's kind of how we started. Um, And it wasn't at all tied to any kind of um, faith or religious behavior. It was just like, hey, this is an option and let's do it this year. Um, But as we went along, you know, this would have been 1997. And in that, I would say um, those decades of homeschooling, I think we were probably the second wave. We weren't really the first homeschoolers uh, in the 80s. But in that next layer or next tier or whatever, there was a lot, a lot of philosophy that taught us that 
this was going to save our kids. Um, Yes, this is the right way to do it. Yes, yep. And that if you didn't homeschool, you were feeding them to the wolves. I mean, I can remember so many examples where, you know, uh, of, oh gosh, of a muddy teddy bear. You find a teddy bear in the dirt and in the mud and it's been stained by all of that. And it, no matter how much you try to wash it, it will never come clean. Well, that's like putting your kids in public school. You know, yeah. they'll be so sullied that you'll never get it out of them. And you know what that does? Wait, I mean, if that is not the perfect example of hope shifting, because that completely yeah. crosses out the power of the cross and the power mm-hmm. of grace and what Christ can do to redeem and restore us. So, yeah. you know, our kids can hit rock bottom. We can hit rock bottom rock bottom, whatever your definition of that is. And guess what? That is the beauty of the power of God, that he can come yeah. along and totally restore that, that person. And will there be consequences and effects of that? Absolutely. But as there are with all of our sin. Um, and right. so, you know, and I think that also comes, it gives us sort of this, like we're, we're, we're coming from this presupposition that our children are fine until we sully them. Well, <laughs> the problem with that is it's just completely unbiblical. You know, our children are born into sin. They're being raised by sinners. And guess what? There's just as much sin in my home as there is in the public school. And so, you know, <laughs> my kids learned to be angry. My kids learned, you know, my pride. They learned a lot of things from me. Um, and it wasn't the, the stuff that kids deal with in a public school setting, but my goodness, it was still sin. And all of that's equal to God. So, you know, that, that's that time period of just being told that homeschooling was the magic bullet. It was the panacea. It was going to be the thing that really delivered your kids all the way to the finish line. Um, and there's just so many problems with that, that ideology and that thinking, um, not the least of which is, is a legalism that says, if I do these things, God will be pleased with me. If I do these things, you know, I'll put my quarter in and I will get what I want back out of the machine. Um, and, you know, I'm sure you guys know from, you know, because we're all these older homeschooling moms now, you know, the bitterness that comes when, when you have worked so hard as a homeschooling mom, put in all the hours, all the research, all of the time, sacrificed maybe your own pursuits or your own career to give your kids what you think is the best way. And then they, they walk away and, and you think, I did all the right things. And I have watched so many angry moms um, mm-hmm. angry with God because darn it, they put their quarter in and they should have gotten out what they you know wanted from the machine. Right. And, um, and you know, that there again, this is the problem when we create these idols, when we, you know, when we shift our hope to something else, which is just really a subtle idolatry, when we, um, become legalists because we say these rules are what, are what are going to make God pleased with us. It, it always, always wraps us up in bondage in the end. I mean, that, that is what we see biblically from idols, um, from the Israelites worshiping them, from, you know, anybody making an idol out of something, the Pharisees, uh, ultimately it becomes our bondage. Um, and that's, that's the trajectory of legalism. Mm -hmm. So in your family, how did y'all get, you know, take the steps away from legalism Mm -hmm. and shift your hope to God solidly and, you know, and help that, help your teens learn to do that. Yeah. Well, um, it is such a, 
<laughs> it's, you know, it's not like this complete, we're going to change everything about our lives. And that's the fear. Um, I actually did have somebody email me just this morning who's coming out of a very legalistic church. Um, and she said, my fear is that I will then bounce over into licentiousness, you know, and and that is the fear. I think for a lot of us, like, well, gosh, if I loosen my grip here, then (laughs) suddenly my daughters are going to be wearing Daisy Duke shorts and, (laughs) you know, they're going to be like, God God can't handle it if we're not in control. (laughs) We're going to be, it's just going to be running rampant everywhere. And like, we're just going to be, you know, drinking beer on the back porch all day long. And, you know, and, and really that's just such a, a funny response. It's like, we we're so obsessed with the rules that we can't envision a life where we still have um, a heart to follow God. And he still changes our hearts without us being in control of the rules. Um, (laughs) And so really this is the thing that I learned that was so crazy to me. Um, We left our very legalistic church uh, and, and community Uh, not wholly, we didn't move out of town, but we left that, what really had been our, our only friendships um, and our only community for 10 years. And when we left that, I was 40 years old and had been following Christ all of those years. um, And I realized within the first five years that, that I had had probably actually sooner, maybe the first two years that I had had more spiritual growth in those two years when I stopped trying than I had Mm -hmm. the whole first 40 years of my life. And we don't like to hear that because that's scary, right? That's like, if I loosen my grip, you know, I'm just going to choose all the wrong things. But the truth is when we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, he does the work. He's just faithful to do the work. And our job, so to speak, is to learn how to sit at his feet. Our job is to learn how to abide in Christ. Um, but those are, you know, sort of nebulous terms and like, what does that mean? And it's far easier to say, just give me the checklist and I will, you know, I'll follow that. So that, that's some of what coming out of it looks like for me personally, for our kids who were, our oldest sons were 17 and 15 when we left that community. And we realized pretty quickly that we needed to apologize, that that was really the first thing we needed to do was to say to them how wrong we had been um, in, in trying to force them to conform to the rules of the community, which were things like, you know, khaki pants and polo shirts uh, to church, you know, I mean, stuff like that. Or, or we dared one time to let our boys sit with some girls who were the, um, just the children of very dear friends of ours. We let them sit next to them in church. And that was absolutely like, you know, we were sending them into, they were promiscuous beyond promiscuous because we allowed them to sit next to each other, you know? And so we had to apologize and we had to own those choices. Um, And though, again, I don't think they were like these horrible choices. We weren't like making our kids smoke weed, you know, (laughs) but we were, we were doing those things out of our own pride and our own fear. We weren't trusting God enough to let go. We were, you know, holding them, trying to really trying to control and mold them into these young people that they, they weren't 
um, or that they, you know, conservatism is fine. And having like saying, hey, I, I, would you guys all dress up for this event or, you know, whatever? That's great. Mm-hmm. But it for us, it was out of a heart of, of fear and control and, you know, um, a legalistic view that said, if we turn out these, these picture perfect children, God will surely be pleased with that. Yeah. Not to mention everybody else around us. I mean, there's a plenty of people pleasing yeah. in that yeah. too, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. So that yeah. was really the first step was, was we took him out to coffee and we sat him down and we just confessed and, and apologized. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and what, what great role modeling for yeah. them that when somebody in authority says, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. it teaches them a humble heart for themselves too. That's beautiful. I hope so. Yeah. I hope, you know, I mean, that would be the goal is to say, look, you guys, look, here's Jesus. He's perfect. He never messes Mm -hmm. it up. But here I am. I mess it up all the time. And this is why I need Jesus. And this is why you need Jesus. I mean, really, I feel like 26 years into parenting, that is the only thing I can do. (laughs) Just say, look, here's Jesus. Because I, you know, I just blow it so often. Yeah, yeah. I, at another, not not to be two to one everything here, but another two to one conference, uh, Angie Smith was one of the speakers, and I just so vividly remember her saying, "Our job is not to be Jesus to our children; <laughs> it is to need Jesus in front of our children." Oh, I love and it. You just, you just said the same thing yeah. essentially. It's uh, so powerful, and 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 that's what points them to Him. Yeah, you know, when we try to take all those make all those decisions and set up all the rules and everything. Yeah. There's, there's no need for Jesus. Yeah. And, and the truth is like, you know, and, and probably a lot of your listeners understand this too, because they're, you know, you're listening to a high school podcast. So you've got these kids going into those years where they're starting to, um, to, to make some independent decisions. And, and the truth is, uh, they're going to make some bad ones. They just are mm-hmm. like, that's my, my, one of my favorite stories is, um, our, our second son, who's now, uh, about to become a father for the first time. And, um, it's been, oh, yeah, thanks. We're super excited. Um, they, they've been married a couple of years and, you know, they've, they moved out of state and then they moved back and, you know, jobs and college and all of those things have gone on. But when he first went to college, he called me about, maybe four months in, you know, to his first semester. And he was in another state and he said, mom, I have a confession. And I thought, oh no, <laughs> like, what, what are we, what's going on? And he said, I did something that you and dad have told us never to do. And I was, you know, I'm thinking, oh no, what, you know, and he said, I opened a credit card and now I, I can't pay it off. And I said, okay, well tell me, you know, what's going on? And he goes, well, it was really attractive to open an Amazon card, you know, because they gave me, you know, I don't know, $75 that were, you know, whatever, like that, you know, right. And I said, Oh yeah. And I said, well, okay. How much do you owe? And he said, $310. And I just like, it was so hard for me not to just crack up because I thought, you know, I'm expecting him to say $30,000, you know, (laughs) like some crippling amount, you know, and he says $310. And I said, okay, well let's, you know, let's make a plan. And (laughs) figure out how to pay this down, you know, and, and, and it just like, I love that story because it's not, it's not a horrible life threatening choice by any means, you know, but they do, they're going to make those kind of choices. And some of them are going to be scary choices. Um, and some of them are going to be life altering choices. Uh, but if we can always, always, always remember that that is God's tool 
often in our own lives, you know, in all of our lives, um, then yeah. we can trust his grace. And it's so hard. Mm. It's so hard as a parent to watch them make some really bad decisions. But that yeah. often is part of the story that God is writing in their own lives. Yeah. Wow. Well, and I love that, that, that it, again, it points to grace mm-hmm. and you modeled that for your son and, you know, God models that for us every single day. It, Kim's wearing a t-shirt that says grace wins Yay! every time. <laughs> I <laughs> love it. And, you know, it is so important for us to know as parents, we can't raise those kids perfect we can't raise them to never make a mistake because God is the one that's working in their lives and working through what happens in their lives and in our lives um, as they make their good and bad decisions. Amen. There's there's yeah. your mic drop right there. That's so true. Yeah, right. And, and I love the way you said that, that these are God's tools. And if we as parents, you know, kind of take over and try to play God and, and fix it all the time, yeah, then we... I've got of the opportunity of working in their lives. Absolutely. Kendra, could you tell us about your book, oh, Leaving yeah. Legalism? Yes. So um, I wrote this book because uh, I had written a, a, a previous book um, called Lost and Found, Losing Religion, Finding Grace. Um, and that was that was just a traditionally, you know, a, a publisher published that one. And um, it was our story of those three kids and, and, and how God really changed our hearts. And a lot about hope shifting in the book, um, a lot of biblical, you know, um, um, what do I want to say? Like just good biblical discussion about being yeah. idolaters and legalists and whatnot. And so after I wrote that, I had quite a few people come and say, okay, but but how do I do that? Like, you know, yes, we've been in this really legalistic church or I was raised in legalism or, or, you know, whatever. And, and actually what's interesting is quite a lot from my own home church. Um, we have a, a very large religious community here. Um, and people were sort of coming out of that very rigid religious, um, upbringing that, defined everything for them. I mean, everything. And so, you know, you're raised in something like that. Um, and, or, you know, you're raised in a cult like church or you're raised in a cult and you come out of that and you Mm -hmm. say, if I leave this situation, I am leaving everything I know. I am leaving, um, my family who might shun me. I'm leaving, um, you know, potentially a work situation because you might work within the community or work for somebody in the community. You're leaving everything behind and again, you know, quite possibly with people who will just disown you. Um, and so that was really hard to hear those stories. And it just broke my heart to listen to those stories, but then to also, you know, have people in circumstances like ours who are saying, oh my gosh, we got so caught up in this one thing. Well, you know, you name it, it could be anything. It could have been, we were all in with Awana, you know, or we were all in with, you know, (laughs) whatever, whatever it was. And and we really thought this was going to be the thing that kept our kids close to God. And here now I have this son who's proclaimed he's an atheist. And he's, I mean, these were the kind of stories I was being told. And I thought, you know, um, and, and, and I would have people say, could you please write something, you know, on, on that journey of how to, how to leave legalism, but not leave Christ behind. And that has really been my heart is to, you know, it just, it just hurts me like deep within my soul. When I see people walk out of a situation like that, whether they were raised in it or they chose it and, and just completely turn their backs on God. Um, and, and mm-hmm. say, I want nothing to do with this. And I want, you know, I'm done with the church. I'm done with it all. And, and that's, mm-hmm. 
that was the heart that, that, you know, that I approached leaving legalism with to say, learn to love God, learn to love others, learn to love yourself again, because there's a lot of guilt and shame in that. Um, when you're leaving a situation like that and, and here's Jesus, let's like, let's, let's figure out how to navigate a life and a faith with Jesus but that is devoid of all of the rule keeping and the, you know, all of the legalistic standards. Um, and so that's, yeah. that's really what I wrote the book for. Um, and that, that's what it addresses. Uh, there's a chapter on swinging the pendulum from law to grace and what that looks like. Yeah. There's a chapter, there is actually a chapter on apologizing to your children and like how to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and chapters on learning how to abide in Christ. Um, and, and, you know, what, what it looks like to have a faith that isn't rules based or isn't always trying to please God, but, but coming from a standpoint that says you already please him because of what Jesus has done for you. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one of the beautiful things about, about the way you write Kendra and about your book is you don't, you don't then come up with another set of rules. Yeah. You just paint a picture <laughs> and you share stories. And so you show people what it might look like, but you don't tell them what it should look like. Yeah. And And, you know, that is such a loving kindness of, of Christ to be able to say Mm -hmm. to us, I love you, Kim, because I love you, Kim. And it looks like this, you know, in your life. And Vicki, here's how I love you in your life. And Kendra, here's what it looks like. So, you know, I think we think it's this blanket, you know, this is the way God loves each of us individually, or this is the way God deals with each of us individually. But, you know, you look biblically and you can say, oh my goodness, look, he just absolutely took out Ananias and Sapphira, but he also preserved this sinner over here. Why didn't he take that person out? Well, because God is a God who says, you are my people. Yes, I love you as my people, but I love you individually because I created you to be who you are and it's going to look like this in our relationship. Just, you know, just like we all have different marriages, right? Or we all have different relationships yeah. with our parents or, you know, with each other. Um, it, it's not, it doesn't look the same. It's not uniform amongst all of us. Read it. Yeah. So if, if someone wants to grab a copy of leaving, leaving <laughs> do the same thing, don't worry about it. By Kendra Fletcher, where would they find it? Yes. So it's available at Amazon. Um, in Kindle format and also in paperback. Um, I keep seeing that some bookstores are purchasing it, but I don't, I don't know who they are. <laughs> so I can't, point you. I can't say, Oh, go to that bookstore. But I keep seeing that from uh, my sales stuff that bookstores are purchasing it. So maybe if you would prefer to purchase from a local bookstore, you can go in and, and say, Hey, order this book for me. That would be great. <laughs> And if people wanted to find you on social media, where would they look? Yes. So I have a website. It's just simply KendraFletcher.com. And then I'm on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter Mm -hmm. and all those good places too. So, yeah. Yeah. And I love reading your blog posts. Well, thanks. Thank you. Kendra, thank you for taking out time. I know we're on the East Coast and Kendra's on the West, so it takes a a bit of contorting to get everybody at the Mm -hmm. same place at the same time because of the time zones. But we really appreciate you carving out some time to chat with us today. Well, I always love chatting with you too. So, you know, we'll do it again sometime. Absolutely. We would love that. We would love that. So um, thank you so much again, Kendra. Um, and thank you for listening today. Uh, we hope you have enjoyed this episode of the Homeschool High School podcast. 
Um, and if you have, please, by all means, tell a friend, tell another homeschooler, um, and feel free to hop on over to iTunes and give us a, uh, a few stars there because uh, people who don't know you could find us that way. Um, and also feel free to engage with us. We have a Facebook page for yes. the Homeschool High School podcast. And we love to hear your thoughts, share your stories, if you have questions or what have you. Um, and um, we love to hear from you as well. So again, thank you for listening. This has been the Homeschool High School podcast brought to you by SevenSistersHomeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.